0: Peace Family is 19 Keys tapping in with electrical conversation and thought patterns. Yes, a man like Keys has tapped in all the way in the UK, and I know I haven't been talking to you all in a while, but I'm back. Not only am I back, I brought me a very special guest. Uh, if you've been following me on IG, then you may have seen some of the you know nice pictures that we've taken together. Her name is Holistic Batty, um, and uh, this is a very you know vibrational human being if I can describe it as such. Um, I like to start the conversation off. um, You know, I was talking with her and just letting her know that there's no pressure within the conversation. It's just listening to two spirits, more so. um, Exchange frequencies and exchange knowledge and information. I come out here to the UK, and more than trying to teach anybody anything, I just want to listen and observe. You know, I've I've spent today watching Parliament just because I want to really get into the mind of, what it means to be in a country that doesn't have a democracy, that doesn't have like upward mobility as far as dreams and ideas go. So there's a different energy that resonates over uh, this country than it resonates where we are. Oftentimes, our dream can turn into a nightmare based on the oppression that we live, but at the same time across the diaspora, what it means to be black is an intangible experience that can't be quantified in and and, and subjective to just one particular way but even what it means to be human being from land to land is just different as far as what excites the average person i was having a conversation with an uber driver and he was telling us about the laws of advertisement out here and how advertisers have to be more true than they are in america to where they can't make all of these extravagant claims without proof and i thought that was so interesting because we're overly bombarded And our senses and the stimuli is overly bombarded with so much images, so much marketing, so much left brain scheme, ego attack, attack every single day. So coming over here, getting a break from that stimuli is actually really pretty fucking dope. So um, I'm tapped in with the good sis and uh, you can go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit about where you from and uh, what do you do?
2: Thank you for that lovely introduction.
0: No problem.
2: Um, well, my name isn't actually HolisticBaddy. Where <laughs> to start?
0: You know we live in an age where people <laughs> introduce you by your Instagram name. That's you know? my Instagram name. My
2: name is Christina. Christina May. And my Instagram name is HolisticBaddy. And it started...
0: So where did the Instagram name come from, Holistic Batty?
2: Well, when I started using my platform as a way of reaching people, like it wasn't, when I first went on Instagram, it wasn't, I didn't intend to turn it into a brand or anything. It was just, you know, me posting pictures of my food and the nice sunsets. And then when I went traveling for the first time, I decided to treat my Instagram as like a dear diary of what I was experiencing and what I was learning um, because I didn't have anyone else to really talk to about it. So I just kind of wrote it down and instead of keeping it to myself, I was sharing. And what I was sharing seemed to be resonating with a lot of people. My journey was mainly focused around self-exploration and self-healing um but as i as i was kind of tapping in Mm -hmm. um to to other platforms
0: hold on hold on we got a caller one time
2: (laughs) cheese
0: blue pill what's going on man we live on a podcast so right now i got you on speaker so um I'm doing a podcast with the good sister Christina May, aka holistic baddie right now. And you happen to be a calling in guest. So go ahead and say what's oh, up to the people. I'm, I'm in it. Hold on, he's breaking up, y'all. Yeah, go ahead, bloke. Just like that, bloke, I'm in it. <laughs> You are in it, Mike. You are in it, Mike. <laughs> say what's up to all the listeners out there. And it just hit 444. Four, four. I had to interrupt you on that. We just hit 4 minutes and 44 seconds. You know, he's My the he's number. the 444 four, four resonator, the master decoder. I'm the 19 frequency. He's the 444 four, four frequency. You know, we master decoders out here. I'm with him on the You know,
1: 1944, that's a whole nother. I'll talk to you when I see you about that. But All right. This is your year. This is the year of the 19, So, you know what I'm saying? We defer to the Masters, uh, so shout out to 19, shout out to Holistic Daddy, shout out to Jeez. the people out there in podcast land that are listening to this family, and I know that it's powerful. Man, I was calling you to tell you about all of the amazing, you know, ups that we experienced today, mm. you know, moving through, you know what I'm saying? Cause the kingdom is more than just London, you know, so on hit road on with the bourbon and things and things like that, so you know, big 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 things are going on. And the people them they're looking for nineteen. Oh. So
0: you know, I'm just letting you know. Don't miss Marb. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> you okay. know, I'm, uh, I'm 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 contemplating because um you know, and and we gonna guess we can just put out some of the business right here as we talking because you know, we was working on doing uh, some exchange with, some business with the, the good brothers out here, and uh, I was in a conversation with him yesterday, and I was thinking about meeting up with him tomorrow, actually, to go over some of that business, and uh, try to solidify some of it before we actually get out of here, just because I know we both will be busy, and um, I had the tra- to turn the trajectory of some of my energy towards, like, I'm enjoying, you know, building the 19 Keys brand, but, you know, we have, the gold water, got the crowns and things of that nature. So establishing them international connections and taking them meetings has been very important. Um, you know, I came out here without the aid of a manager and a specific agenda. So it's been real spontaneous alignments without, you know, organization. But, you know, the universe is my organizer. So I've been getting on Guy's Planner a little bit. And he just been putting together the things for me. So with all that said, you know, tomorrow's up in the air. Um, inshallah, you know, but, uh, if not, you know, you my brother. So sometimes they got to wait till I make another trip. I mean, we definitely
1: got to come back, you know, with a contingency and really make some things happen because
0: whew, it's time to shift. It's, time to shift. it's time to Man, shift. man, you shift. know, the the event we threw, uh, we, we threw on Sunday, um, is that, that thing that sold out over time, you know what I mean? People trying to get in there so bad and it makes me think about how how thirsty the people are for consciousness out here and how necessary because you're filling a very big gap that's missing out here. So, you know, to be able to establish that link and also for the people that's listening that's in other countries, like it's important for you to travel outside your location. I think E-40 you know, said it the best. He, he he said, in order to keep yourself relevant, go where the love is. You know, bro,
1: and I've experienced this in, in many markets, not just, you know, what's going on here. But when people such as ourselves come from the outside, you know, we act as glue and bridges to tectonic plates of communities that might be
0: shifting in their own particular universe. So it's not always that the consciousness is not here. It's just not connected. Absolutely. It's not not clicked up and merged. So, you know, it'd be opportunities um, when
1: mass events come through for people, you know what I mean, to actually pull these things together. And then they'd be like, oh, you know, we could click up, we can link up. You know what I mean? That's really, wow, Overemphasizing the fact that you know, you needed to be there tomorrow, but if you gotta do your thing, you gotta do it because you just—you never know. What you're gonna see. You never know. What you're not gonna see. You know what I'm saying? I've seen enough interesting situations just today, and and because these are far-out markets, and you know what I mean with products and services such as that we have. You know, it's the beanie single model. You find a tall, small town and you tie it down. You feel I me? Mean? Mm. So. It's, it's, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing, but you can finish up and still fly through, fly out to um, and It's going to be going on from 12 to 7, you know
0: what I mean? And, um, you know, prices is right, so. All right, all right. I was about to get into talking to business, but we are still in the middle of the podcast, so I'll pause that for a second. But uh, I'm going to tap in with you afterwards, man, and we'll see what we put together. <laughs> All right, appreciate you. <laughs> uh, Peace, bloke. <laughs> All right, people, we back and we tapped in, man. You know, on the podcast, sometimes you have legendary individuals who use words like, you know, tectonic plate shifting of consciousness, man. That's how you know you tapped in with some really dope people. Um, But back to the good sister, Christina, you know. Christina, tell me what it's like if a person never came to London ever in their life, and you have to describe London as far as like what they would expect coming here. Um, as a black person, let's 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 context it to make it easier. As a black person, how do you think? How you think they should? Uh, what do you think they should expect?
2: Well, I think for me, one of the most positive things about London is. It's diversity. So there really is like a community and a space for everyone. And I feel like you really have the freedom to just do you here, whatever it is that, whatever that looks like. There's, um, there's, a, there's a space to just express and
0: um Mm. is there a big art scene out here
2: yeah i think i think london is i think is that you or me that's me i think london is like one of the main hubs for for creativity
0: what about entrepreneurship like small startups
2: that too because there's so much support um government support you know local support there's so many people doing um like on the ground movements that offer support for for entrepreneurship and um, and small businesses
0: speaking of entrepreneurship you have a startup yourself um tell the people a little bit about that Go ahead, gave me shy
2: now. <laughs> all right, so So
0: first of all, what is your product? Let's let's break it down into segments.
2: Well, oh, so. I wanna maybe start with how it came about. Okay, cool. Because for me it's more of the, the journey rather than the end result of that. And I think so when I started my started utilizing my social media to share my can you well,
0: your pants are kind of swishing, so and, and the podcast is all like auditory, so they're gonna hear everything that picks up. I'm nervous,
2: so I want them to really like. All right, on
0: you. all right. So let's do it like this. I'm uh, when 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 I think about anything, right? Nervousness yeah. more so comes from a lack of knowing what you're talking about. You know what you're talking about because this is your story. You're the only person who can tell it because it's really just based off your experiences, your history, and your thoughts. So in that aspect, there's nothing to think of. There's only like, what is the actual truth of what I'm saying? Right? It's like somebody asks you what your age is. There's not a person on the planet Earth who wouldn't be confident in telling them their age because it's the truth, you know? So anytime that I'm drawing from anything in a interview and in a conversation, I'm only just drawn on what my truth is and I can never get tripped up. And as I've said to you before, is that a wise man once told me the truth needs no rehearsal. Mm-hmm. So that's why I focus on things about a person's journey or story that's just true. And nothing has to be sensationalized, nothing has to be impressive. It just has to be true. And I believe that true stories are the best stories for people to hear because they can utilize that for their journey. Right, So there's somebody that's just like you, that, that has a startup, that has a business, that may not be at the point where they want it to be. And I think that's a lot of times the reason we don't express things in a way, because sometimes we like to tell the story and when it gets to the part to where we feel like it got good. But I think the part of the story where you're starting it, that's the best part that people need to hear. The trials, the tribulations, the journey, the vision, every aspect of it, because you never know who can see themselves in your story. You know, so as I ask you about your business, you know, I would just are like to gonna, know the truth. Are
2: you going to read that in the podcast? Absolutely. No. Everything man. goes in. No. Yes. no it's a podcast.
0: Wait, wait, wait. It is a podcast. Say. And in a podcast, we get the... I don't want to do that. So, people, we are back to the quick commercial break. I hope y'all continue <laughs> to be tapped in. Um, so I got Christina here and she's going to tell you a little bit about herself and her journey, whatever she would like to share. Like, um, let me ask you this. Um, if you had to tell a person one thing about yourself and that's the only thing that they can know about you for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, Now I know this was like, ah, what kind of question is that?
2: (laughs) that's That's a big question
0: yeah you meet a you meet a, a a a stranger and they have to go off just what you tell them so it could be a, a poetic line it could be anything but this is how they <laughs> this is how they're going to know you off of this one line
2: um it would be that i have i am learning and i'm practicing <laughs> the art of living my best life from the inside out
0: Do you consider yourself to be a compassionate person? Yes. Do you consider yourself to be a feminine woman?
2: Yes. (laughs) I think I'm very much in tune with my divine feminine. And I think it was... It was more... It came from me finding myself in a pretty dark space and feeling very disconnected from... Uh, love and and affection and intimate relationships not just and and friendships and I had to just like just do some (laughs) some self-exploration and some self-healing and in that process everything changed it started with just simply me doing more things that made me happy, that brought me joy. And when I started doing that, I realised a lot of my friends that i have been hanging out with for years, just kind of, we just didn't have anything in common anymore. We just, you know, s- stopped seeing each other. And I found myself just being alone, um, which was so necessary. Um... In hindsight, but at the time it felt, it felt weird. Um, but that also pushed me to, to not just to do what I want to do without mm-hmm. having like the influence of friends. Um, um, and then yeah, I started changing the way I ate. I started changing...
0: What what made you change the way you eat, though? Like, what was that, like, straw that was like, I want to stop eating these cow burgers and start eating these plant burgers?
2: <laughs> well, I was always quite conscious of my health, but it was more physical before than... Um, it was more external than internal. And when I decided to do more things that I enjoyed... I went to, I signed up to a a charity boxing fight. I always, I did boxing. Okay, bad. (laughs) I did boxing, like boxer size, but it was in an official boxing club. So I'd always see like mainly the men in the ring fighting and I'd always just fantasize of being in the ring and, 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 you know, competing, but it never happened. So one of the things I always wanted to do was, Take part in a boxing fight. So when the opportunity to do it to raise money for a good cause came up, I I tapped in. Okay,
0: <laughs> tapped in and make them tap out. Um, um, growing up, did you fight a lot?
2: Did I fight?
0: Uh huh.
2: Um, when I got to when I got to high school. 'Cause I moved around so much as a kid, so I never really had like a strong foundation of like friends. All my family don't live in this country, so it was always just me, my mum, and I'm the oldest of four by quite a big like there's like ten years, eleven years between me and my siblings. So I never really had like any backup. Um And being a new girl, you're instantly a target. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So I... How many
0: times were you the new girl?
2: Probably the last time I counted how many schools I went to was around 13, 14.
0: Mm -hmm. See, I know I went to a different school every year since like... So starting, I think, at the fourth grade. So from the fourth grade to the fifth, sixth, yeah, every year it was a different school. Mm-hmm. So it was all. I think that actually made me more adaptive, as far adaptive, yeah. in my personality.
1: Definitely. And but it
0: was also the reason I never played sports and things of that nature because I never got the opportunity to get the rhythm of like school spirit. Mm-hmm. So every year it was just another school, another school, another school. Hindsight, I'm grateful, but then. I wish I had the opportunity to play sports to learn what it was like to be on a team. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, when i think about what I'm doing now, I think that's what made me crave building my own team and seeing the importance of people working together because that was an absence, even though I got it kind of in a structure of the FOI, but that was, that was a different type of structure than I believe some of those things I would have gotten from that team spirit. Yeah. I, I, I
2: hear that. I think for me it was more community. I never really felt like I belonged anyone in any one place. Whenever anyone asked me like, "Where are you from?", I could never give them an answer. Mm. Every time I moved school, I moved. Every time I moved house, I moved school, which mm. is why I moved school so many times. Um. So yeah, it was that lack of lack of feeling like I belonged any, anywhere. But on the plus side, it did make me very adaptable it means like now i can go anywhere i can go to a country that i've never been before and live for six months not knowing a single soul so um i'm feeling quite comfortable doing that so I, i give thanks for that um but yeah it didn't come it wasn't easy at the time
0: so that's what made you get into a lot of fights
2: Yeah, but that's not why I decided to get into boxing. Okay. It was more just like, it started out as fitness, and then, I don't know, I really admire Muhammad Ali. I admire everything he stands for, and, you know, um, and his greatness, and I think, and also I feel like I kind of look like him. (laughs) Mm. There's certain pictures. I'm going to show you a picture. Maybe
0: Mulana Ali. I
2: look like
0: kind of look like her.
2: him more than some of his daughters.
0: I mean, you know, I'm not gonna argue. <laughs> that's not my <laughs> argument. There, I debate people about a lot of stuff in life. It's not you know, be one of them. But that yeah, that's not really one. not one of them. My high charts. <laughs>
2: but yeah, no. But I admire him, and yeah, it's just something I like like I said, I wanted to do more things that made me happy and challenge myself and take myself out of my comfort zone and. That was one of them. It came at a great time. I was forced to, like, leave the apartment I was in because my friend wanted to move her boyfriend in. It was just drama, but it was so... In retrospect, it was a blessing mm. in disguise. Um. So, yeah, when I did the charity boxing fight, I ended up... It just opened up a whole new world of, like, great people. <laughs> I guess... Like everyone there was there for a noble cause. Some people were there just to, like, you know, challenge challenge themselves. But the majority of people there were there because they wanted to raise money for the children in the Congo. And when you attract, when you're surrounded by people like that, it comes. Like, I started training with them, and you know, a lot of them were already plant-based or vegan, and I was vegetarian at the time because I just intuitively knew that I didn't want to eat meat anymore. I didn't know why. I just didn't like how I felt when I ate it. Mm. Um,
0: so are you, you you are vegan for the animals or are you vegan for yourself?
2: It started out as being vegan for myself. I went from being a not-so-healthy vegetarian um, to being a super-healthy raw vegan for the boxing fight because I really wanted to win and the person who I did it with had done it before and he suggested going raw for energy and um it was life-changing like 10 weeks I think is a good enough time to get into a routine and change your habits and change your eating habits and my cravings changed and um you know, at the end of the 10... I was training, like, every single day, twice a day, seven days a week, and I still had energy. I was waking up charged. I had, like... My mind was clear. I was po- way more positive. Like, it was just... The changes were so obvious that at the end of the 10 weeks, at once I did the fight, I knew I couldn't go back. mhm um, I didn't want to go back. And um, so... Yeah, I won the fight, obviously. Okay,
1: <laughs> put the paws
0: on them then. I was, I was about to say that you better, better whoop some ass. I can't be sitting here interviewing losers. <laughs> we would have to cut the podcast. I short. did,
2: but do you know the weirdest thing was in the actual fight. I didn't wanna, I didn't wanna hurt her. It was so weird. That was kind of
0: anti-boxing, yeah. I can't,
2: I can't be a boxer.
0: Yeah, a good, a good athlete wants to kill you in a ring. To be your best friend outside.
2: Yeah, I didn't even want to do that, but I won anyway. Like more on points than anything. Okay. But yeah, so then at the end of that, I was like, okay. I kind of I was still eating raw, but I started incorporating more vegan cooked foods. But it was all it started out for health reasons. It started out to feel better, to have more energy, and, um, I just started educating myself more afterwards and realise why my body was telling me not to eat meat mm-hmm. anymore, um, and why, you know, I feel so good when I eat plant-based. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the myths of, you know, protein deficiency and iron deficiency are literally myths because all of those nutrients come from plants. Um so it's just really educating yourself and, you know, unlearning what we've been told this whole time because usually often that information comes with an agenda to um, to keep us to, to profit from us. Right,
0: start capitalism.
2: Yeah, so um, so yeah, it, was a, it opened up a whole new world for me. Um, it changed not only my energy but I started seeing things differently. Um, I started being more in tune with my intuition, and you know, just being a bit more fearless Question. in life.
0: What does it? So women always talk about intuition, right? And uh, you know, they always say that men's intuition. Well, this is what women say. I don't know if this is true. I don't know. I'm not a woman, so I can't really say. It. But women brag about some how,
2: women. <laughs> some some
0: women. ninety nine point nine percent. Um, brag about how great their intuition is and how a man's intelligence can never come up towards a woman's intuition. Like it makes up for his, his logic and his ration and all the stuff that a man has. So what is what is what does intuition mean to you? Like what does it do, do for you?
2: I feel like intuition I feel I agree. I feel like intuition surpasses logic because it's like Logic from the divine source. You know, intuition is like it comes from our inner God. And
0: Logic don't come from inner God?
2: I feel like logic is more calculated based on experience.
0: Is is intuition not just subconscious calculation based on multiple tools of experience?
2: I don't think so. I think that's more like instincts.
0: So I hear I what feel you're saying. Like
2: intuition because I, I feel like my intuition I know my intuition got stronger because I was able to I was able to tap into it when I, that's another reason that went plant based and continued my plant based journey because my intuition became stronger I was able to pick up energy a lot quicker I was able to make better decisions based on what felt right rather than what made logical sense if i if i and i continue my journey based on my intuition nothing i really do is logical and i think that's proof that you know intuition is real and it should be trusted and and tuned tuned into as much as possible
0: when should intuition not be trusted because intuition doesn't always guide people in the right direction sometimes a person go with what they feel and it doesn't always turn out to be the best thing mm-hmm. so
1: how does I, a person I can't decide say, I
2: can't say no I can't suggest for anyone not to trust their intuition because whenever I've done that it's it's backfired so I think you're, you, inting- the you, you you people who trusted it and was like no. You can intuitively know when to do something, and then your emotions surpass that. So, say, I don't know, you're, uh, I don't know, a really basic example of going somewhere and like being in two minds about whether or not to go but you intuitively know that you don't want to go and you shouldn't go, but you surpass it because you logically think it might be a good idea or you feel like, you know, you want to see this person, but really deep down, you know, you should just keep your ass at home and chill.
0: Now, I believe, I mean, you know, the idea of destiny, um, it's kind of like a predetermined future, not based on the things that we do, but based on, um, I don't know, like God having a blueprint for everything already being calculated, thought out, and regardless of whatever we do, what we think, what we say, how we feel, we will always end up in predetermined situations and destinies and destinations. Rather, uh, I don't know how I feel about that, but I believe that... Even if a person goes against their intuition and they go to a place, I still think we have the 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 human, godly ability to make that circumstance work for us. Because there's been plenty of places where I feel like I didn't yeah, even feel me. like going. <laughs> well, no, I mean I've been in a place where I be like I didn't even feel like going, but then I went and it turned out to be a great situation. But because I believe that in all situations, it's not that Intuition told me not to go here. I went anyway, so that means that all is hell and damned. No, intuition can tell me something. I still go, but I still have the power to draw all of what's good out that situation and and transmute it into something great.
2: Yeah, but I think that's more perception than...
0: than... But all is perception. If Mm. we get to the grandiose scheme of things, because one person can perceive something better because their intuition told them. Right, So sometimes you're like, oh, intuition told me to come here. So you start looking for all of the good things of why the intuition lead me here?
2: I guess so. I don't know. I can't speak for you or anybody else. I can just speak on my experience. And for the past three years, I've been highly led by intuition. Mm. And it's been uh, a, a, a really, I've had to really dig deep into my you know belief in self and my journey and the fact that I'm here for a purpose and pursuing that that divine purpose and my intuition has really been my my soul navigator on this journey and I feel like you know it hasn't been easy no but it's taken me to places that I never thought I'd go to or you know meet people who are just incredible and just it's just been a really for the most part a really high vibrational journey and that's evolving into deeper into purpose as I go along so
0: so intuition is like spiritual intelligence
2: I think so Mm. definitely
0: so you know in, in the business world not more it's not intuitive because it is more calculations and so a lot of people who are more spiritual don't really find comfort in the confines of business because it requires you to be less empathetic uh requires you to be more calculating and organized and things of that nature it takes you more away from the spiritual side and it's more of a a, um you fall more on the spectrum of the psychopath in a sense because you can do business better when you're not emotional and I think where we fall in harmony with masculine and feminine is like masculine is mind and woman is heart. Mm-hmm. And like that heart's intelligence is that spiritual intelligence, that guides intuition. So when a person's heart's and mind can be connected, that's when they are truly divine because that's when they have the ability to follow intuition with the godly consciousness. Because it's like, oh, not only is my heart saying it, my mind telling me it's a good thing as well. Mm-hmm. So we double tapped in. Mm-hmm. So I believe that when, you, when you're when you looking at the grand scheme of things of, you know, what is the importance of man and woman together, it's like a man can have this grandiose vision of what he wants to, to do. And then a woman's intuition can guide you to actually producing that vision and bringing it outward in life. Like I'm sure there was plenty of times where Michelle and Obama was sitting into uh, meeting rooms and you know Obama was like, Well, what do you think about them? And uh that's my Obama voice by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and and Michelle's like, nah, I ain't I ain't rocking with them. You know what I mean? And
2: that's yeah. why they work so well together. Right,
0: right, right. And for him to be able to trust her intuition, right, is is a very powerful thing because it might override his logic of things that he didn't see. Yeah. But a woman's intuitive mind can notice details, maybe microaggressions and suggestions that are not obvious. But her, you know, mental and her heart intelligence, because they say that the heart has like many neurons whatever, as the brain does. So that's like, there's, there's an actual logic built into mm-hmm. intuitive thinking, but it's more so built into a frequency of feeling that communicates to us that we don't know the language of, so we can't always rationalize Mm. what the meaning is, so we have to trust to be guided by that feeling. Mm. So, anyway. No, I agree. Yes, yes, yes.
2: I think, um, yeah, you can't always, it's very hard to explain intuition, because it is more of a feeling than anything logical, so it's like, or like calculated, but, it's. I think it's It's also very much like energy based as well, you know, and I think um,
1: I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> so,
0: so, so what about, okay, so I, I kind of like this conversation, so I'm sticking to it just a little bit on this intuition thing, because like if a person is not eating as well, the environment is not that great. Let's like say they just went through a bad breakup, um, you know, they're not watching the right things. Are they feeding their 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 heart and their psyche and their mind the best things to be guided by their intuition, meaning that can their intuition still perform optimally? Because you said that when you started eating correctly, you could trust your intuition more, which means that you know you your intuition will be greatly affected by what you put in and your current state. Yeah. So it's like, as we have this conversation, and maybe let's say that you know, we are in a very optimum state of of high frequency so we can trust our intuition because we're guided by, you know, good health and good reason and good environment and good energy. There may be another person that'd be like, well, you know, my intuition ain't really been guiding me lately because Mm. they're not really vibrating high enough to even feel that frequency.
2: Well, I think that's what food does though. Like that's where it, that's where I really felt the shifts because, you know, plants, plants, have energy and you know they're electromagnetic sorry
0: <laughs> Go ahead. Um, the, the pants rumbling i want to make sure they can, they can hear <laughs> all of your energy sorry
2: <laughs> um yeah they they have uh electromagnetic energy that resonate with the body on like an optimal level like the way the plant's designed is so similar to the human body and I really think that you know they were they're here on earth for us to consume that is our food and that's why I feel like when we eat it we feel charged we feel even like there's been tests where you know they've put like a, a piece of meat under like a certain light that picks up energy and um, and, and a plant mm-hmm. like a, I don't know like curled, a, a vegetable it's called curling photography right and you could, to
0: buy one of those
2: and you could see like the difference in the the plant I can't remember what food it was now but just say it was like spinach or something or an apple I think it might have been an apple and next to like the piece of lamb or chicken or whatever it was and the 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 colours that were coming from the fruit was, really? like, crazy. Like, yeah. the energy that was coming from that in comparison to the dead flesh was, like... It was undeniable, the energy that you get from from food. And I think... Um, not to mention all the enzymes and, you know, that we need to to digest our food, to, to absorb the nutrients on a cellular level. So, it really... Oh, yeah, and I feel like it helped... I feel like it really helps keep your channel clear when you're feeding yourself high high vibrational foods, Um, which I don't think it helps me trust my intuition. It helped me hear my intuition. I couldn't hear my intuition before. Mm. I couldn't feel energy as strongly. Like, now if I'm in a room and the energy is off or even... Like, even if there's only, like, all two people in the room, like, I can feel when someone's energy's off. Like, my pineal gland starts pounding. Mm -hmm. That never happened before. So.
0: Have you cracked your pineal gland before? No. Mm.
2: I don't know. I I don't know, like, what that experience is. I've had stories. I've
0: had one before. I thought the stories were all BS until it happened.
2: Oh, you had a a kundalini awakening?
0: I did. I had a kundalini experience. Um, I think I, I talked about this before kind of jokingly on, on the podcast because my brother, uh, Ben X, he thought Kundalini was a joke until he had his Kundalini experience. <laughs> when he called me, he was hella excited. It was fun <laughs> as hell.
2: I find it's an amazing experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like getting a new power, like literally. Like I had the ability to see in the dark for a while. Um, but it's one of those things to where you become so sensitive to energy that it can only be maintained in a very uh, positive environment. And the environment that I had was not conducive for me being that empathic yeah. all of the time.
2: Yeah, which, I hear you.
0: Yeah, so, you know, I had, to, I had to cut it off.
2: I think that's one of the reasons why, like, I had to change my environment as well. Like, the deeper I got on this journey of just, like, natural living which started through consuming nature. I, I was just becoming so sensitive to the vibration around me and, like, being in a city is, like, a city like London, even though it's cool to visit, and don't get me wrong, I appreciate a lot that London has to offer, but as in terms of nature and connecting with your with the source, with the source energy, it is very, very limited here. Mm. So I just felt like, you know, I really needed to shift my environment to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I decided to go to Jamaica for for the best part of four months. And... Um, and that was a whole... That's when, like, I really felt like I, my life changed. Mm. Um, going to a country that I've never been to before, not knowing anyone. Like, I'm not Jamaican. I don't have any Jamaican family, but I just felt like... I just... I, I felt like it was a calling, but then at the same time, when I think back, I was... I was where I used to live in Wolverhampton, which is right next to Birmingham in the West Midlands, there's a big, big Jamaican community. So I was kind of raised, my mum's white, so I was like, uh, my upbringing and the area that we lived in was predominantly black people and predominantly Jamaicans. When I think back, I was heavily influenced by Jamaican culture Mm -hmm. without even realising it.
0: I think all of UK is, in a sense, because of the Caribbeans like or just islanders period
2: yeah so but it was also like a lot of the foods that i started eating were from jamaica like mm-hmm. sour you know breadfruit um sweet soap uh, star apple like all of these amazing exotic fruits that i was spending a fortune on here like cuz i didn't have, i didn't drink alcohol i do not smoke I didn't go I wasn't raving I wasn't doing any of those things like all of the money I was spending was investing in my health so I could justify all of it but the You same know what's time,
0: funny it just made me think about this thought that when I think about like the London accent y'all are basically like proper Jamaicans <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's what it is you're just proper Jamaicans and like that's what the accent is and then like the further you get from the islands that's when you get to the Americas, and then, you know, we are, you know, our voice and our tone is, you know, even less of an accent, because America is a bastard language, yeah. you know, so <laughs> it doesn't have, like, tonalities within it, speaking with from your throat and things of that nature. So, it's just very interesting. Now, I'm going to look around, and I can see the influence of the Islanders and, like, the mixing of the British, and how... Yeah, y'all just proper Jamaicans no, over here. it's
2: true. And even in Jamaica, like, people think that I'm, like, just uptown Jamaican. So in Jamaica, you have downtown and uptown. Mm. There's no middle town. Mm. You either have money or you don't. Mm. And often when I'm, like, I normally stay in, like, r- more rural areas because they're just more peaceful, um... Portland to be exact. If anyone wants to go to Jamaica, <laughs> I highly recommend Portland. It's just the most peaceful and beautiful parish of the island. But um yeah, they always just think, oh she's she's uptown because okay. of the way I look and the way I speak. <sighs> Which is uh, I think a problem is kind of problematic in itself over there. They instantly put you on a pedestal and they mm. think you're upper class yeah you're more well spoken Um, but yeah so that was that was that I ended up in Jamaica and that's when I started journaling my experience on Instagram which led to me like kind of creating a brand um, that I am the face of and then also offering products and services from that
0: so Um, what is your main product tell people that
2: so I okay so last year I I always was like I was never really into going to the doctors ever even before I became conscious or like health like you know health conscious I just never really like going to the doctors I'd only go if I really had to which was very rarely but um I so I was always kind of into just like either just letting it pass, but then when I started learning more about herbs and, and um, self-healing, I figured out ways to, to heal myself if I ever became ill. So last year, I hadn't actually told this story before. Mm, um, we're
1: giving it exclusive, yeah.
2: <laughs> but I broke out in this freak rash and it started out like just tiny little patches. And then before, like within a week, it spread completely like all over my body. I didn't know what it was. It was really scary. Um, but I knew, like I would know too much to just be, just to go to the doctors for them to give me some antibiotics. So I was like, okay, I'm going to heal myself. I'm going to figure out what it is. And I went raw. Um, I was drinking a pint of celery juice every every morning because celery juice is amazing for the liver and often from what i've studied if there's if you have any skin issues it's often a the liver is just exhausted um so you need to you know eat as many foods and drink as many herbs to replenish that organ so that's what i was doing for like two weeks i was drinking you know dandelion dandelion burdock nettle golden seal and um, and sea moss and i don't even i think i, I saw one video on sea moss that dr Stevie was talking about sea moss but i didn't really like pay it too much mind but i was thinking i'm um, my skin's dry so if, to me that's dehydration what can i like so maybe like i need some kind of minerals mm-hmm. So then CMOS just came to me and um, I was drinking it every day for two weeks and the rash cleared up and I really believe that although I was doing other things like the celery juice and the herbal teas and drinking predominantly raw, I think the CMOS had a big impact on that healing process so i put a post up about it and as i do with anything that i discover or you know i'm very much trial and error and i share what i'm learning as i go along and um, so you know the people within my holistic body community yeah. were like this is dope like thank you for informing us on the amazing healing benefits of cmos but like where can we get it from um And literally, like I posted one picture, which was probably the most popular picture I've ever posted, which was literally just a jar of CMOS that said like 92 minerals out of the 102 minerals the body is made up of, which is what CMOS is. Um, you can like live off it. It's incredible. Wait,
0: wait, see, I'm happy about the picture, but I thought our picture was the most popular that you posted. But <laughs> can, can tell you the story. I'm a little jealous of the 92 Mineral picture. It, it, that, was that it. Cool. it was up there. It was up there. It was up there. we we want to do. We <laughs> got to get a better one. We can, we can't let that picture beat us up.
2: But no, it was, <laughs> it was definitely close. I no, don't know okay. about the the complete it's, The numbers are
0: still adding up. It's still <laughs> adding up. It was a nice picture we put on Instagram. Make sure y'all check it out.
2: <laughs> it was a nice picture. Um, Let me
0: but, drop that on my gram see what it do.
2: But yeah, so literally, the day I put that up, it kind of went semi-viral. Bare people were asking me, like, where can I get this? Um, mainly because most of my followers are in America and I think that our parts of America that really don't have access to food never 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 mind like you know specialist herbs like sea moss so no joke that same day I got a DM from a supplier in Jamaica saying I have this wild crafted sea moss and he sent me a video of the whole process and um and a list of other herbs as well um, and that's how it started. I literally spent the rest of that day creating a section on my website that already existed but didn't have a store. So I built a store and put, you know, the pictures up, created a price that was affordable, and and that's it. And then, no <laughs> and then it started. And, you know, the journey from there to now has been basically me trying to figure out a way to make it more affordable for people um, and also make it more seamless and um, more efficient so that went from me using this middleman to actually going back to Jamaica finding my own suppliers which was very difficult (laughs) like a young female English woman so they think I'm actually well born in Ireland but my accent is English, so they just... It took a while for, like, to be taken... I had to do a lot to be taken seriously and um, and not, like, get mugged off. Um, so, yeah, a few trips later, I finally found the source and now I'm able to to sell it at a reasonable price. And it's going to only get more reasonable as more things fall into place. Yeah. Um, and... I'm also in a position now where I can offer more products as well. and um, other herbs that I use and have used um, in the past that I know are good and effective. So yeah, that's that's one of the things I do. And then from my platform, I became like unknowingly like a plant-based advocate high in it that's what one person one company reached out to me to to go to one event and they were like that's what they described me out so I was like okay that's that's kind of cool I guess so yeah other opportunities have come up with that of just like talking about my journey and I think one thing that resonates with people with my platform is the authenticity of it because I think that's where Holistic Body came from like before it was just Christina May and when i decided i wanted to kind of brand it a bit more but i didn't i was didn't know what to call it but then one of my frustrations on this journey was trying to find communities that i could relate to and i could see myself in and i found it really difficult like most of the platforms were like you know yogis that dressed in all white and mm-hmm. I like, was super hippied and hippie-fied and like just not like not me like don't get me wrong I'm here for, like I'm, I'm here for that but that's just not me like full time so I just thought and then I also felt a way of like I just felt like I just needed to create my own platform that was just mm. like on apologetically me and and I think that was really useful for other people to be like, you don't have to be this middle-class white woman uh, or, you know, this hippie or this yogi to take your health seriously and and invest in yourself and, you know, raise your consciousness and, and live your best life from the inside out. Yeah. It's not a classist thing. It should never be a classist thing. Um and I think that's what, that's how a that holistic body came about. It's more like a rebellion against the holism world.
1: Mm, mm,
0: a rebellion. And now you over here giving people 92. You know what I mean? You know, I got the gold water, so I'm giving a one. So together we busting down 93. <laughs> so make sure y'all tap in with both of us, man. Get your gold water, get your golden sea moss. and But you got the purple cush sea moss. Tell us about that now. Back in my day, back in my day, you know what I mean, <laughs> I used to sell purple Kush. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was the Kush man. I had a couple cell phones. I used to be booming, but I never had the type of purple Kush you got. <laughs> you know what I mean? And most of the CMOS I see is blind. Is you know what I mean? It's, it's it's stringy and it's uh yeah it's it's White, a different it's like it's a different d- color. Yeah. So why is it that you have purple Kush? Is yours unnatural? Did you dye it purple? Like, <laughs> what's popping out here like tell the people what's no,
2: going on it's it's fully natural um it's not purple kush is my brand of seamos. okay it's what I decided to call it, it. Okay. I got the purple kush because to me one of the first things I thought when I saw it was it looks like purple kush mm. and then I also again I want to kind of bridge this gap of like you know Create products that are that people, my people, are familiar with, but
0: right.
2: so it doesn't feel right. too far fetched, you know what I mean? So, so that's why I came up with purple kush, um, because it looks like it. And actually, purple is the natural color of sea moss, mm. so when it comes out of the sea, it is a like a rich, almost a whinish purple, and um, when it's dried it turns like a nice kind of indigo purple and then people process it naturally but it's still a process to get it lighter and lighter and lighter so i sell the gold dust which is once it's it's been bleached with the sun um and and it and the purple which is in its natural state i sell i sell both of them okay, because you sell I, both. because i feel like the purple because it's less processed I feel like it's more potent so for those who want sea moss for medicinal value I feel like I would always recommend the purple the gold is better for those who don't really like the taste of sea moss the taste is less potent and I think it's better to like add to you know ingredients like your cooking because yeah it t- doesn't taste as strong
0: Okay, poppin'. We just got a nice educational lesson right there, because that was something that I didn't know, and I had wondered about it when I first seen it. I thought that it was the opposite, that it started off with the blind, and then you went through a grafting process and made it purple. So it's good to have that education to know that it starts off melanated, um, and then it's grafted later on down the line. Um, So... I appreciate you being on the podcast. I think that's enough for the people for one day. I think we just wrapped up about a good hour. I think we can always bring you back. And uh, we can have some more conversations. Get into some deeper, some tough stuff. Um, Maybe talk about uh, uh, um, masculine and feminine energies and how they relate into relationships. People love when I talk about relationships. I've heard I give good advice. (laughs) This is just what I've heard. I'm not saying that I'm a relationship expert or anything of that nature. I will never proclaim such a thing. Right? But when I pop up with boo, I'm going to act like I'm the best relationship guy on the planet Earth. (laughs) I promise y'all that. I'm going to be talking my stuff. I hear you. But until then, I will give relationship advice from the outside looking in. Right? But next time you on the show, that's where we tap it in. You know, matters of the heart, uh, millennial advice, uh masculine feminine energies and um if you up for that it's gonna be a part two and we tapped all the way in with holistic baddie make sure y'all follow her at holistic baddie you can find her on my ig page or hers and make sure you click the link in the bio and get the 92 in you tap in